BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is the four-man rush. You know, after using these life-changing products, you're going to want to uh, join a ball sack beauty contest, buddy. I'm looking out for you, too, because I have an exclusive 20% off discount. On behalf of the 4-Man Rush and Manscaped, use this code 4MRscaped20, okay? That's 4MRscaped20, all one line, right? Go to manscaped.com. And you get 20% off and free shipping off of your total order. Isn't that, I mean, that's, dude, that's, that's, that's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. You, you got to check it out, right? That's 4MRscape20. That's the code. Punch that in on, um, on your way out when you check out, if you get all your goodies. And there you go, man. And enjoy keeping your ball sack in tip top shape. Okay. You know, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Okay, so look for that when you go on manscaped.com, okay? So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 4MRscaped20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code 4MRscaped20. It's 2021, folks, and you still got Bush. <laughs> Change that with Manscaped. So, on onboard <laughs> discussion, how do you how do you guys feel about the 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 uh, the trading back for the picks that we picked up? We wound up having 11 draft picks in this draft. How, you know, how do you guys, I, feel, how do you guys I, feel I, I saw a report. I saw oh. a report though that not everybody was happy with that those moves. I think huh. um, mm-hmm. uh, the Panthers reporter said that. As Federer was making these deals, some people in the war room were like, yo, there are quality old linemen and you're trading back. <laughs> trading back, yeah. And as you're trading back, these people are going off the board. And so, you know, apparently there was a bit of division there because the Panthers could have met, uh, could have better met some offensive line needs mm. if they didn't trade back. I think they went from what, 30, 39 to 59 in the second round? 
And so there were some people who who just weren't happy with that. Um, we'll see if that pays off. Yo, I honestly, and I didn't get to ask Fitterer this question because I just, I, I think I was on the beach during a press conference. It wasn't professional. It wouldn't have been professional. But he had fun. Like, this man was getting calls. It's like a... You know, it's a girl who has all these suitors. He's getting all these calls. And she he answered the phone for all of them. I think that he had fun with this draft. I don't know what his strategy was. Um, if he if somebody called with a good offer, he was like, all right, just like, you know how I'll say women, let guys take him out to eat. Federer let everybody take him out to eat. And <laughs> and so, you know, it was I think he he enjoyed the whole game of trading back, but they did pick up good talent along the way. Um, so True. I think it's a double-edged sword. I think that, you know, we'll see. I mean, if you're if you're sold on Cam Irving, then okay. <laughs> so okay, I'll be all right. <laughs> Just oh, had man. a flashback, man. I saw it. Just yeah, had a flashback. Wine is delicious. <laughs> I know Smooth now sold on Cam Irving. He can't be. Yeah, Smooth. He a Florida State guy too, so. <laughs> I know. Don't don't remind me because I feel bad feeling that way. But Florida State is betraying me. Other than absolutely. Brian Burns, other than Brian Burns, man, Kelvin Benjamin betrayed me, man. Oh, poor Kelvin. You're absolutely right. Bless his heart. Um, I guess that news got to be true that you heard about some guys in the war room pretty upset because I promise you, if I was in the war room. I probably would have caught an assault and battery charge because I would have. Oh my Federer god! Federer would have had to catch these hands because I'm literally sitting there. <laughs> we sitting there at 39. Not, everybody that everybody that we scouted, everybody that we wanted, was at 39. They were the whole draft. The whole yeah. draft. Yeah. Forget Jackson Carmen. We moved on from that. But the fact that you went and got Tommy Tremble, a lot of people don't even know who he was. But Wyatt Davis was right there. The Probably the, the best guard in the country was right there on the board twice, and you passed on him. So, pretty I'm pretty sure some of them guys that that work in the trenches, they wanted to put hands on Federer. Who do you I think? Mean, but who do you the, think was mad though? Because Federer is making these trades, somebody was like, "Yo, son, what are you doing?" Maybe it was, I was trenches. like that because I was ready to be done for the night. Whoever works in the trenches and whoever <laughs> works with the quarterbacks, so the quarterbacks know that they they got to get protected. So. Probably all of them, because honestly, you setting Darnold up to fail if you don't know who your left tackle was going to exactly, be. Exactly. So then we got to listen to all these fans cry about how bad Sam Darnold is, but you're giving him no chance. Now I ain't going to be too pessimistic because I do like Deontay Brown. I thought he should have went a lot earlier than he did. I was just thankful that we got him, but I just seen some guys fall down the board that we knew that we wanted that would come and be day one difference makers, but you settling for a backup left tackle that might be able to play guard that might be average in the football league. So it's like. And that's the thing. They do that every season, every season going into the off season, going to the draft, there's always a need on the offensive line and they will do everything, but take care of that need. And it's just like, I'm, I'm waiting for Ashton Cushion. You gave me those exact words last episode. That's yeah, it's like you're being pumped. It's not. It's, <laughs> a, it's like okay, this is an obvious move, so let's go that way. Like I just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. I still was shocked that they didn't take Justin Fields, even with everything that was going on. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna keep letting them do this to me. Like I have no idea what the Panthers are gonna do because the the obvious solution 
will be right there. They'll go in the total opposite direction. Like they go from A to Z to get back through the alphabet instead of going straight from A to Z. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they, they'll go from Z to A, but I, I, I don't really get it. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of those players that they had scouted and had, you know, second round grades on, they were bypassing them and just racking up picks. So we'll get to see pretty quickly whether the quantity over quality approach actually worked for them. Cause that's one more point. I think if we, if we stayed exactly where we were, we didn't make no trades or no moves or nothing. We could have walked out the way the, the way the board was falling. We could have walked out of this draft with six outstanding football players that were all going to make a difference. You went and got 11 picks. So and at you, this point, you're hoping that you get four of them, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a I good agree. point. I agree. Will, how do you feel about the trading backs, man? We Do we, we pick up some quality talent or what? A little bit mixed. I like the Terrence Marshall pick a lot. I think he was probably a first-round pick if he was healthy. I mean, he's 6'4", big and fast, can make contested catches. You're talking about a team that struggled in the red zone. I think he's going to be an immediate uh, impact player in that regard. I think he'll challenge next year right away for that um, number two wide receiver spot. And he gives you flexibility with both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson's contracts coming up. So, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think he has the talent to really push to even be the number one receiver on this team. Um, This third round, not really a fan of that round there. I mean, Brady Christensen, Pitt, I get why. I mean, he's an athletic lineman. He can fit anywhere, guard or tackle. I mean, I know a lot of people are hoping he can be the answer at left tackle. I mean, that remains to be seen. But I thought there were better linemen on the board in round two. And you didn't really have to settle for him there. Uh, Tommy Tremble, I love his skill set. I just question whether that uh, position is worth the third round pick as well. Then you start to get to day three. And I think that's a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, I get why. They need to take some of the weight off Christian McCaffrey, but are they actually going to get a guy to ball? I mean, no, I'm going to hit us all that for you. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they they were reluctant to give Mike Davis the ball. They're not going to give Chuba Hubbard the ball. It's just not right. going to happen unless Christian is injured. And I'm not going to look because I hope he's healthy. Right. If you don't get but two carries a game, that's a wasted draft pick. I mean, you got to at least give him some kind of. <laughs> Um, I mean, just like C.J. Anderson, it wasn't a draft pick, but they are very, very used to using Christian McCaffrey as a security blanket. I'm just going to hope that last season was at least a good enough example for them to follow in in terms of ball distribution. Like you got some players on the team. Christian McCaffrey is amazing, but you got receivers for a reason. He shouldn't be the most targeted in the game. He's freaking running back. You got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, all these thousand yard performers. Get them the ball. Continue to have that 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 ball distribution that you had when Christian was injured. And I think they'll be fine. But like I said, the obvious solution will be right there. Then the Panthers will go the other way. So we're going to see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they used the draft pick on us. So hopefully they use them. But I mean, we led the country in rushing 2019. So, I mean, he can play. But I guess the question is. We're still gonna see running the ball to Christian McCaffrey 25, 30 times and having him. Oh, Christian gonna get Christian McCaffrey is gonna get his touches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna he get his touches now. We're talking about 25, <laughs> 25 to 30. Yeah, so hand handoff and receiving, he's gonna get it. Right. He's gonna get his touches, like bar none. But I tell you what, if the defense can can create turnovers and a lot of a lot more three and outs, hopefully, hopefully that'll translate into you know Chubb getting some more carries and you know. Hopefully that'll work itself out. We cannot just keep relying on Christian all the damn time, man. You know, 
Yeah, but that's my thing with the Chuba Hubbard pick. I like the player, but are they going to use him? I mean, if we're not going to use him, then what's the point of using a draft pick on a running back? Might as well just wait until undrafted free agency to get that. But time will tell as far as that goes. And then the rest of the picks, I mean, drafting a long snapper, I wasn't a fan of. I thought that was just kind of doing what I want to do. Type well, look, well, to be fair, a couple years ago, they drafted Harrison Bucker in the seventh round, let him go, and we saw what he did in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, J.J. been here, what, since 2008? Oh, I mean, yeah, I think that, that, I think that, long is not putting points on the field. Yeah. <laughs> True. I think they're just getting ready for getting ready to edge um, JJ on out. That was that was a that was a disrespectful pick to a lot of guys who should have been drafted, in my opinion. That was a disrespectful pick in the sixth round. At that, uh, not even the seventh round. Like that was a disrespectful pick. And um, and y'all, you guys were speaking about it earlier with no players from HBCUs getting drafted, and you have a long snapper getting drafted in the sixth round. Disrespectful. Right. Yeah, like we got uh, David Moore from Grambling. He had a fourth, third, fourth round grade on a lot of boards, but as he went to an HBCU, I mean, everyone says, oh, we can just get him an undra- uh, as an undrafted free agent. No one's going to take him. And that's just kind of the mentality they have. So you got two long snappers get drafted. I think the Redskins, or not white, uh, Washington football team, I'm sorry, took a long snapper in the uh, seventh round. So you got two long snappers getting drafted before any players from HBCUs at all. That just doesn't sit well with me. But other than that, um, I mean, it's exciting to get 11 players. But you look at Scott Fitterer and the Seahawks draft uh, the last couple of years. I mean, I'm looking at 11 picks. Most of these guys aren't even making the team. They're on other teams. Uh, Some are just solid contributors, rotational players. You see he maybe hit on one. Like you got a DK Metcalf in there or, you know, you got a Chris Carson in the seventh round. So maybe some of these guys hit, but I just think the quality or the quantity over quality thing is just throwing a bunch of darts at the dartboard and just hoping one sticks. I mean, draft is pretty much a lottery. So you guess you if you have more tickets in the game, you have a better chance on hitting on them. But I don't, know, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like I said, when you get once they started drafting, you know, grabbing up all those picks, I was just seeing it as a quality versus quantity thing. And you know, you can have seven picks, but like you said, if only three or four of them pan out, what's the point? Right. I don't know, but I was I found my way over to these comments. Somebody said that they were more shocked with the long snapper um, draft pick. They said Rue just be doing too much. <laughs> 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 he be, he be, he be, he be, he be doing a lot though. He does do a lot. Man, I'm just, I just am shocked that they are all in on Sam Darnold like this. That, that worries that's me. the thing that's really getting me, you know, beyond, I know we're talking about the draft, but I'm like, man, I mean, <laughs> even though, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still out there, but anyway, right, you know, they're all, listen, <laughs> I mean, let, let's shake it all the way up. I mean, let's shake it all the way up. He can only end up in Denver and, or Carolina, theoretically, those are the oh places he could possibly end up with the way things are going. But, I mean, I was just shocked that he was – because they were all in like this on Teddy just 12 months ago. We saw how that ended. That's the thing. You look at Matt Rule. He comes from Temple and Baylor. So, when he's recruiting, he's not getting the five-star kids out of high school. He's got to look – got to bank on traits. Yeah, but he wasn't getting paid like he's getting paid now either. He wasn't getting paid at Baylor Temple like he's getting paid. Like, you got to step that up. It's a lot more cutthroat in the NFL than it is in NCAA football. Yeah, they're not going to be as patient with him. But I just think he's used mm-hmm. to being at a school where he's not getting five-star recruits to say, I can 
I can change this kid. I can make him better. I can develop him over four years and build him into the player I hope he can be. And he's kind of bringing that mentality to the NFL, saying I'm a better coach than Adam Gaze. I can do more with Sam Darnold than he can. So, I mean, time will tell. I don't think. Yeah, that's, that's the approach they're taking. Darnold's they're, they're, I mean, I'm, the maybe approach I'm they're taking. <laughs> yeah, that's the approach that they're taking, that it was all Gaze. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's a risk, though, because like Sheena it's said, definitely a risk. Let let Justin Fields ball out in Chicago. Okay? <laughs> let him ball out and Sam Tank. Fields ball out in Chicago, and Sam is Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. Because we all know, uh, Tepper was didn't was not a Teddy fan at all. So let Sam ball out, and Sam Darnold be another Teddy Bridgewater. Matt Rule. Vashti and I will be coming from y'all outside of Bank of America Stadium after a, a, a round table meeting with David round Tepper table, explaining exactly. why Matt Rule was let go. Matt Rule was fired. <laughs> well, we'll go back to this show right here and we'll look at if, if Justin Fields is ho- hoops in Chicago, it's going to be problems. Mm. Yeah. Good. I don't think it's troubling that the two most important positions on the offense, it seems like we can't figure out. How do you progress with a football team when you have different quarterbacks every year? You ain't saw left tackle. How do you? How good are we going to be? That's just my. I mean, but that's opinion. the thing. This this team has struggled with continuity, and that's another reason that I like that J.C. Horn pick. Like that secondary, most tenured it was, or the most stable it was, was when they had James Bradbury, and then they let him walk in free agency. So they're going to need. I, I like the long term investment in. Um, well, I'm not going to say long term investment because we don't know what his, what his contract situation is. But I feel like that's where the the value of that J.C. Horn J.C. Horn pick comes in. There's not a lot of continuity. There's a lot of moving pieces via injury, free agency, you know, um, cuts and things like that. There's just not a lot of continuity with this team in the last, I would say, four to five seasons. And they're struggling to find that. And it's, it's very difficult to even get that camaraderie on the offensive line because so many guys are playing out of position due to injury. So that, that, that's one of the things that I think is going to be a key going into this 2021 season is just some chemistry and continuity, especially with the way COVID is. Although I will say, Leaving the draft, I feel confident that things that the NFL is going things are going to be back to normal or close to normal by the time things kick off. Because I was not expecting us to be able to interface with the the athletes. We were like boom, boom, like close. Nice. I was kind of shocked. I was going to the bathroom, <laughs> nice. and I didn't. They're like, oh, they're going to stop and do you know stand ups, and I was like, they're going to do stand ups. I wasn't even prepared to ask a question because I didn't go to Cleveland thinking that we were actually going to see them. We were in a press conference room for the first time in two years. That was still kind of kind of shocking. But if that's any indication, the NFL is going right back to as close to normal as possible, which isn't shocking because of all the money they lost. But we didn't have to verify whether or not we were vaccinated. And sure we were did. within arm's reach. No, nah, we, we were within arm reach. I could have put my phone right in Trey Lance's face. So I would say that things are things are, are inching as close to closely to normal as possible. By the time September rolls around, I'm pretty sure Bank of America will be at least at least to 75% capacity. I would be shocked if it was less than that. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Our fans need that. Yeah, but they also need to be vaccinated. So I feel like that should be like, yeah, that's fans. a political thing. That's a political thing. I know. I'm sorry. But I believe in safety and I want to get back to regular life as fast as everybody else. Yeah. But it takes some discipline. 
It is I saw somebody mention that Kelvin, you posted the comment that somebody said Darnold is on his rookie contract, low risk, high reward. I agree with that, which is why I thought they would get Justin Fields when he was get another quarterback. You know, they these guys, you know, you Sam Darnold is such low risk. Yeah, they gave up some picks, but they didn't give up anything really serious for him. Nothing that you know, nothing that they didn't give up a first round or anything. God knows they would not have done that. But um, so that's why when they didn't pick Justin with all of the questions surrounding Sam Darnold, I was shocked. Um, mm. But, you know, we're not bashing Darnold. I think all of us here yeah, hope that Darnold does well because when the Panthers do well, business is good and business is better. So, you know, and and so we all want the Panthers to be successful. We want Darnold to be fun. successful. Are you from Lizzie? Um, Darnold, you got to realize this is 23. In the 2018 draft, he was like the highest rated quarterback coming out. I think they had him as a – I mean, I'm looking at a draft profile right now. They had him as a Pro Bowl talent graded. So, I mean, Justin Fields is kind of the shiny new toy. We've seen him dominating college and doing all this stuff. But Darnold's only 23, and he was probably at least – as equally graded as Fields coming out as a prospect. So, I mean, I think you still got a young quarterback with upside. It's just a matter of what are you going to surround him with? How are you going to use him? And, you know, can so you work with potential? So, El- Elvin Friend. Oh, okay. I was going to address Elvin Friend. I'll, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that in a second. JD, uh, go ahead Go ahead and chime in, bro, uh, how you feel about the uh, the, the picks and uh, that we got in the second, third, and all that good stuff. As far as trading back, um, I knew it was going to be a lot to trade back day two. When the news dropped that they had like 16 or 15 first round dra- uh, grades in the first round, like on their board. So 15 guys that they think are first rounders. And from from that perspective, the media ran with the, the narrative that the Panthers are going to trade back in the first round. That just told me that their their group of day two, three guys are just so deep that they just need more pick. They want to have more picks to be able to um, pick those guys up. Um but as far as trading back 20 spots, eight O-linemen went in that spot uh, from 39 to 59. Eight O-linemen went, and I had four, all, well, seven of them graded higher than uh, Christian on my board. So you're missing out on some quality players, but you're going for quantity. Also, along the lines of with, uh, the Chubba Hubbard pick, I'll just comment on that real quick, and I'll pass it. As far as what we're talking about with our online, um, with our offensive snap and target rate, to be honest with you, if we're going to keep it a buck for Joe Brady, he he don't care about winning. Right now, what it's about for Joe Brady is that head coaching job. Mm. Team wins do not get you head coaching jobs if you're an offense coordinator. That's just point blank, period. What Why he do you say numbers. that? You, you what said he that, needs that, is numbers. You don't think the wins help will help no. boost – why you say that? No. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious not, as to like your perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a hot take, and I'll I'll expound on it. Sean McVay. <laughs> it's about when you're a young offensive minded um, co- coordinator. Why you come into a league? Look, you, you left that out. Yep, yeah, I'll say it. White, <laughs> a young offensive minded guru. <laughs> it's about getting your numbers. What Christian do? He get numbers. As far as Joe Brady, down the team wins. He don't care about that. <laughs> he trying to get to that head coaching job. 
That's point blank period. And I, you, you know how I know this because he didn't put the best players on the field at times back uh, last year. We had PJ Walker at wide receiver four times with three thousand yard receivers on the sideline, bro. Mm. You don't do that, and you're trying to win a game. You don't come out in the heavy packages. And you're not getting no push on the O line, and you're trying to win a game. That's not what you do. Joe Brady, for me, Joe Brady is trying to get a head coaching job. And I'm not, I agree I'm, with I'm that. not slighting him. I think I'm, you absolutely I'm not slighting him. I'm just saying he's trying to get his money. I think wins matter, though. Wins and I numbers think so matter. Too. You well, let's say have, they, you can't have numbers on how many wins did how many wins, how many wins did, did Adam Gates have before he got that job? That's, that's what I was gonna say. Now, if you're black, you gotta come with you know all of that. But if you are oh, a yeah, white you young offensive mind. You, you can be a Cliff Kingsbury and get fired at the college level because you can't win even with somebody like Patrick Mahomes under center. You, you can you can come to the NFL with no experience and, and, and get hired as a head coach, but you just have to be the right complexion. I'm, I'm not even trying to pull a race card. I'm just being real. Like, it doesn't matter whether or not these white offensive minds are successful. They're going to get opportunities that black men wouldn't because there's not a lot of black offensive coordinators. Most of the most head coaches, the way that 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 trajectory goes is offensive coordinator to head coach. You rarely see a defensive coordinator go to head coach. And those are the coordinator positions that we more than likely, you know, occupy. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with Steve Wilkes, he went from D.C. to head coach. How much of a leash did he have? So you got to be white. I'm sorry. And I said the same thing when people were talking about Joe Brady. I felt like it was absolutely asinine to even put him in a conversation for being a head coach. I love Joe Brady. Yeah, I agree with that. I love him. He's swagged out. I love him. He's a cool dude. He just wasn't. I just didn't feel like he deserved those opportunities over, you know, an Airy B enemy. No. Yeah, but Sean McVay. I like Sean McVay. He's one of the best offensive lines. I like Sean McVay too, but everybody can't be Sean McVay. Yeah, the Redskins was eight, seven, and one, and he got the Rams job. I mean, Eric Byron Leftwich didn't even get an interview after winning the Super Bowl this year. So I'm just right. trying to put y'all on my game. I mean, it was, to, it was so game. bad. It was so bad that people, somebody in the post-game Super Bowl presser thought that he was Todd Bowles, talking about how you stopped Patrick Mahomes, and he was like, what? Not to mention he had a prolific – you know, careers of players. So how do you not know who Byron Leftwich is? But you know and that, that we, that's the thing. We like, thought Tommy Tremble was white at first. <laughs> wow. I did too. I did too. I'm not gonna hold you. I did too. I never heard of him before we drafted him. Before the Panthers yes. drafted him. So you add that to a long snapper. You can understand how I feel about this draft. I'm gonna let Kevin add it. Anger. <laughs> hey, Kev, go ahead, Anger. man. Chime in, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you know, y'all bringing up all these coaches like, what in the world did Matt LaFleur do to get the Green Bay job? I mean, it's the, fact that, it's the fact that he shook hands with Sean. It, it seemed like anybody that shook hands with Sean Mavay, you must be an offensive genius just like him. I mean, he was, what, the what offense coordinator for Tennessee? When the last time the Titans was a juggernaut on offense or even average on offense? Um, Man, listen, the fact that Jeff Fisher was allowed to do what he did in the NFL, all bets are off. Yeah. Oh, I was saying, as far as the rest of the draft goes, um, just to sum up real quick, the fact that in um, the second and third rounds, uh, the fact that we took blockers called Tommy Trumbull and Brady Christensen instead of uh, mm. Jackson Carmen and Wyatt Davis, who was sitting mm. right there for us, I mean, it, 
it's just going to be funny watching the next two, three years, those two players be pro bowlers. And we're still hoping that these relative athletic scores, which it seemed to be what the Panthers drafted by, because it seems like, you know, we was, we had our watch party here and we literally was saying like two of the players that got drafted had the highest um, relative athletic score. And we picked them. I'm like, well, damn, is that the formula this year? <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. Friday was the worst day for me. I was cool with Thursday with J.C. Horn, um, and that's J.C. Horn. Someone tell David Newton it's not Kaylee Horn, okay? All right. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I heard that. I was like, really? Did, did he say Kaylee Horn? Okay. All right. I'm not even gonna talk about him. He tweeted that. Oh, I need more wine. Ooh, he have tweeted, a sip for me, but this Gatorade ain't gonna do. Have a sip, have some, have some for me, but man, when yeah. I tell you how many DMs I get about why people asking me why David Newton still has a job, and I'm like, y'all, how do I? Come on now, I have okay, nothing to do with this. Did you see his tweet where he said Luke Keekley re resigned with the Panthers instead of resigned? I was like, Ugh, let's, let's be honest me. though, people. People ask why David Newton still has a job, but they follow him and they read his stuff. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you if you ask like, oh, well, why does David Newton have a job with the Panthers and he's You're still engaging? Reporter? Well, he has has forty thousand followers who say he do does his job okay. And I, people are I reading hope you his, take his job. I hope you take his job. And people are reading his articles. Meanwhile, you have other people who are in that ma- in in that in that media room and who try to do just as a good a job or better, and you know, not as much support. Now, granted, he's with ESPN, but the Panthers are a real a real niche market, and so. There are a lot uh, the way that the way Panthers Twitter is and fans and the Roaring Riot. A lot of us know each other because if you see one person's tweet, you see all everybody's tweet because there's a lot of interaction. So obviously, Panthers fans are following David Newton, and it is. I mean, I can't. I hate to hear people complain. Hit the unfollow button if he says something stupid. Why are you retweeting him and giving him any uh, even more exposure? Do if, if you don't like what David Newton says, pump up the people who you like more. And that's all I gotta say about that. Preach preach preach. Hang an offer for that young lady, please. Pass the hat around. I need you to give me some flowers real quick, bro. Cause I've been catching flack today and when I did the episode yesterday with them other podcasts. When the last time I missed the offensive lineman? When the last time I had a bad perspective on one? I just need you to answer that for everybody that, like, show them the facts. When do I really mess up when it comes to looking at offensive linemen and deciding who's trash and who's good? Nah, Somebody yeah, tell me. I don't mean it. So I'm, I'm not bro, trying you, to. You spot on. Like, I, you spot on. <laughs> like, because before we got together, I thought I knew a lot about offensive line, but Man, I got no problems. Here, you know, I got no problems putting assistant on, on the title. A sister O-line guru because you know your stuff and that's that's credit. That's not knocking my knowledge and my experience because I think is is very reputable and I got the resume mm-hmm. to prove it. But you that dude, you know, and I mm-hmm. tell anybody that's why I tag you anything with the offense line like that thing with the uh, Jeff Schwartz and um, uh, Duke uh, Merriweather with the Big Boys Club. Anything like that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm making it known about you. So, but yeah, you that guy. No talk. I just don't want people to be mad at me because I don't like Brady Christensen. I don't like his tape. It's that simple. I was going to say, move on. Oh, 
smooth. And I, if, if you guys don't mind, I just want to add, like, how would what grade would you give Panthers offensive line right now? Are they F trash? I have confidence in Moten for sure. I have confidence in Paradis, but I don't know how much he has left. Like I said, Deontay Brown, the fact that he was on my board, that's why I'm happy. But he wasn't my favorite guard. I watched Trey Smith go. I watched Wyatt Davis go. I watched Jackson Carmen go. I, I watched too, too many other great guards on the board for us go. But hmm. right now, just it's a question mark. I like David Moore too, but like everybody's been saying, I feel like he should have been drafted. So I, I want to say that's a steal, but it's also an injustice. Like he should have been off the board a long time ago, and we got him as an undrafted free agent. But if I got to grade this this draft, I'm giving it a C. This offensive line, I'm giving it a C because I really don't see an answer at left tackle. I think we're going to struggle there. I think that you're not going to be able to see the best of Sam Darnold because he's going to be getting rid of the ball real fast. I think that Christian McCaffrey deserves a lot more. He deserves to be able to get upfield three yards before having to make a move or be in touch. We haven't changed that yet. So I'm giving it a C right now. Do you yeah, see yeah. any starting on left tackles after uh, Slater was off the board? Because I know it's round two. Every round you get down, down, and down, it's less likely hey. to go get a immediate hey, starter right there. Hey, I got them pulled up right here. So check this out. When we traded with Chicago to go from 39 overall to 52, here's the following tackles that went off the board shortly after. Uh, Miami Dolphins uh, picked 42. They took Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame. Um, right after that, Jackson Jaguars took Walker Little out of uh, Stanford, 45th pick. Um, then right after that, the Bengals took Jackson Carmen uh, with the 46th pick. Um the red well, it's not excuse me, the Washington football team. Ugh. They took mm -hmm. Sam Cosme, who I wasn't a big fan of, but still a tackle. They took him with the 51st pick. The uh, the Titans took Dylan Reduns from North Dakota State with the 53rd pick. So you're talking about what five, six um left tackles that I can make a legit case for were better than what we ended up with as far as three of them, um, three of them are day one starters. Three of them right. are day one starters. Day one. And we'll do a good job at it. Now you can put my hat on that. They're gonna be great football players. Damn, man. Right. But as far as the rest of the draft, I mean day three, I like day three for the most part. Um I think one of the biggest steals was Davion Nixon out of Iowa. They were saying that this was one of the weakest defensive draft class. Uh getting a player of his caliber in the fifth round, and I'll be honest, I didn't really I, I never heard of him till we got up, but once I started doing my own little research and digging and and things like that, I'm I'm seeing that this potentially could be a steal on day three. Um as far as the uh, and far as the questions with the uh, offensive line. I think four position could be solidified. I think Taylor Moten at right tackle. I would like to see um, David Moore get the right guard spot, him or Dennis Daly. Um, uh, Daly. Of course, Moten, I mean, Paradis at center, and Deontay Bryant at left guard. But, again, that question mark is at that left tackle. So offensive line potentially could be a B- minus with them four, but the only thing that's going to keep it from being uh, a very good to great offensive line is going to be what happens at left tackle. Maybe Trent Scott, who beat out Greg Little, which ain't saying much to start last year after Russell right. Okun got his Bitcoins and chilled for the rest of the yeah. season. But, uh, I mean, hey, you know, it's, that left door is still a revolving door. This will be the ninth season since Jordan Gross retired that we're going to have a different starting left tackle. Kevin, if you would have took, took Jackson Carmen or even Walker Little, 
I would have confidence that this is an A offensive line because I'm oh. cool with Deontay. I'm cool with the interior. I'm cool with Definitely. David Moore and Deontay Brown. But if you just would have one of those, if you just would have did something at left tackle, I would have a completely different perspective. But it's going to hurt. It's really going to hurt because you don't really know who's going to play at that position. That's what I'm saying. Not long term. Yep. Dennis Daly is There's a no, guard. <laughs> There's no continuity is, and there's no chemistry because people are just people are constantly playing out of position all year. That's going. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Larry. It's, that's going to bite us in the ass, bro. Unfortunately, hopefully, hopefully that defense is going to be stout enough where we're not going to suffer too much. Like JD said earlier, J JC Horn pick. That was the most exciting thing we can we can get up about. That's my favorite pick. Yeah, we always hit on first rounders, so that's my optimism right there. Yeah, no, playing like with uh, Brady Christensen. They, one of the things they said they was high on him, and you could tell because he fits the athletic profile of what they like. I mean, he ran with a four eight forty something like that. Um, his arms are a little bit short for attack that you would want from a tackle. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did 30 reps on the bench press. So you look at his athletic profile, I mean, you can see, you know, some upside there. But, I mean, it just doesn't show on tape, it seems like. Because I watched the tape with uh, Kev, or was it Friday afternoon, while we were waiting for our next pick. And it's just something was missing there. I mean, he might just be better off at guard. I mean, Will, show me his most dominant game. Give me a give me a game I could go watch where he dominated. You don't have it. And look at the competition he's playing. You don't see him pass pro. He doesn't. I mean, they go off like that PFF stuff where he's not giving up pressures, but he's getting beat on a lot of reps. And I think you see Zach Wilson making plays. So I guess they don't work. I don't know what they record as a pressure or not, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts. Maybe you know he's just better off inside, or he might be able to um, coach him up and see what he can become. But I don't hate the pick at that spot. Is what I, one thing I will say. I think um, he's a good value at that particular spot. It's just more a matter of what they passed on in trading back to get him. But as a third, a late third rounder, you know, a guy that can probably back up both tackle positions, slide in at guard, it gives you depth, which is what you're looking for typically on day two and three. What I will say, though, to add on to that, because I watched three of his games so far from last year, uh, when BYU played uh, Louisiana Tech, when they played uh, Houston, and when they play University of Texas, San Antonio, the biggest thing that stands out about him, he's got a long torso and he's got short legs. So him bending at the waist is very natural for him. That's going to cause him a lot of grief with the defensive ends in the NFL by maintaining, being able to get that leverage and to be able to keep his keep his feet moving. Because a lot of times he'll be the first one off the line of scrimmage. He, got, he gets to jump faithfully like, I'll give him that. He gets off the ball faster than anybody else you see on that line. But what he does after that, it just – I mean, I'm thinking about Cam Jordan. I'm thinking about Shaq Barrett. I'm thinking about the people in our division just looking at this kid like, oh, that's your, that's your Mr. Blindside? I bet. Because, you know, he's 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 big and he's in space, but he's not he's not assertive at all. Um, and, and, and just watching those three games so far – I've yet to see anything of a dominating even series. Like I see a few here or there. I see that he just was. I mean, when you when you when you're blocking six two two hundred fifty pound defensive ends, of course you're gonna look like you're dominating. But you you're not gonna see that in the NFL. You know, Brian Burns gonna eat him up in practice. Mm-hmm. He don't get under the yeah, 
<laughs> that's going to be a problem for him at this level because we, we're we trying to run the ball. That's what they said. We still want to be a physical football team. If you can't drive guys off the ball, it's going to be a problem for you. He gets off the ball fast, like Kevin said. I love him in space. When it's the screen game and the toss game, he's great in space because he's an athlete. When they come to just – Kev, go back to that game where we lost against the Raiders where you got to get a push on fourth down. He's not doing that for you, bro. No, nah, nah, it's that simple. He's not. He's not that guy. He he's not that guy at all. Uh, but you know, just overall with him, I mean, it, it's just a hope. It's just a hope and a prayer that that somehow that that the coaching staff can you know can mm-hmm. somehow you know put that together. But from those three games that I watched him so far, I'm not I'm not even feeling optimistic uh, a little bit. So you know that's why we're fans. That's why they're coaches. So hey. At the end of the day, all I got is all I got is internet and and Google to to, to you know to come up with <laughs> with what I what, what I can come up with. But at the end of the day, film don't lie, and you know, and if you're soft as rabbits pissing on cotton, and which is what my offensive line coaches say to me, which is what I see with this guy. I mean, is it's the he's not that guy that's gonna get you that 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 fourth and goal on the one yard line. Do not run by, run behind Deontay Brown if you want that score. There you have it. <laughs> hey, I think the Detroit Lions be listening to us, bro, because they that's where they took every look, every lineman I yep. like. Detroit Detroit Lions have. The Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, and the Cincinnati Bengals, they have every single lineman that we liked in this draft. So they doing something right up there. I'm a skill player guy. I got what I want. I got two cornerbacks, got a running back, uh, two wide receivers. I mean, Shy Smith, you watch him at the senior bowl. This is his ability to separate. You might be that Curtis Samuel replacement you're looking for. More so than Terrence Marshall, because he's that guy that can play the slot, separate, uh, run routes like that. So, I mean, now you got four receivers deep that can come in and make plays. Hopefully, they use Chubba, you know, fingers crossed there. You got Terrence Marshall, was a good pick. So, I really think they added a lot of talent at the skill players, even though the old line might have not been addressed like everybody wanted. So, I'm mean, looking forward to what they can do. Word. Like Cena said, we do the opposite of what we're supposed to do. So it is what it is. Y'all had pretty toys already, Will. I'm good. I mean, Outside I like, of like J.C. I said, Horn, I, I was like, good. I like J.C. Like Horn. I, I like Marshall. Yeah, that's the thing. I like the J.C. Horn. Energy. I said that they were going to shake it up and take a cornerback. I just thought it was going to be – I didn't think it was going to be Horn. What's up, best thing? Who said y'all already had pretty toys? Like, you need something else. Where's the substance? I like that smooth <laughs> – I'm going to steal it. I'm letting you know it The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, 
games, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.